The following is a presentation of Hog Eye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hogai Country, this is the Hogai Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course, it's Hogai Sports Radio. Hello, Hogeye fans. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Hogeye Sports Show. Michael Johnson and Josh Scott here, recording live from the Overton County News Studio from beautiful Livingston, Tennessee. On today's episode, we're going to have a look around the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy, hashtag TwitWalls. We will take a deep dive into the recent Livingston Academy Uh, sports that happened over the last week, especially the big football game. I think we'll talk just a little bit about the football game, maybe, if we'll get into it or not. But uh, that's kind of how this episode will go. So, Josh, let's – what do you think? Anything big happened over this weekend outside of Livingston Academy sports? The uh, important thing, I guess, for uh, my twit was would be – Georgia State beating. They're pretty, they're pretty good at football, ain't they? I was there to see it. <laughs> beating the Tennessee Volunteers by a score of 38-30 to 30 inside Neyland Stadium. We paid them $950,000 to come kick us around for four quarters. Well, that was awful nice of Tennessee to, to be so generous and even... I- even let them win. I don't you even know. know. You can't win all your We've games. We've said for two weeks now, if they can't win that game, cancel the season. So, man, I don't know. Like, I just, I didn't think we looked any better from last year. I don't think that quarterback play looked any better. At the stats say three for 311, but he was still staring down guys. Well, hold on, hold on here. So, um, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure you'll be pretty passionate about this, and you know we've got uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover on this episode. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set a timer here. I'm gonna give you five good minutes to uh, to let the let the cat out of the bag and uh, you know air your grievances here. So here we go. That's very fair. <laughs> we rushed for 93 yards on a team that could possibly hang with Tennessee Tech. We're gonna get to Tennessee Tech later. That we have a quarterback that cannot read more than one route. It was, if we're, if that's where he's going pre-snap, that's where he's going after the snap, and you can have 11 guys st- standing right there. He threw for 311, and people think that's great, but it was Georgia freaking state. Right. You and I should throw for 311. <sighs> I guarantee you that Will McDonald could throw for 311 against Georgia freaking state. We rushed the ball for 93 yards on Georgia state. On the contrary, Georgia State rushed the ball for 213 yards. And people tell me that it's just this is just a rumor that Jeremy Pruitt is a great defensive football coach. <laughs> and it's supposedly supposed to be one of the best staffs in the country. And we got railroaded at home 
by Georgia freaking State. You know, I just don't get it. I, it's the same bull crap every year. Maybe maybe Tennessee got caught looking ahead to BYU. I think <laughs> I, I said that I think they give the coaches staff alcohol before they give it to the fans next week because it was the worst. Pre, like they were not they were not prepared to play football. They weren't passionate about playing football. They didn't care that it was Georgia State. It didn't matter who it was. It, any team in America could have came to Neyland Stadium, I think, on Saturday and beat the Vols. Yeah, they, they did it look. It was embarrassing. They did look pretty bad. Um, I, it, in the immortal words of a, uh, Dave Odenkirk, or Bob Odenkirk, sorry, who is the star of Better Call Saul, but he had this commercial many, many years ago. It was a Bud Light commercial, I believe. Anyway, he was playing this uh this this politician and he got up there and he said this is a travesty this is a sham and this is a mockery this is a travis sham mockery <laughs> <laughs> that you know and it's like quotes out of the game that they asked garantano garantano that's his name see i think that's the problem right there he changed his name. yeah he changed his name he can't throw it yeah i see what it is yeah, somebody says garantanko but anyway <laughs> like they asked him what do you think about your performance well not too bad but not too good either you suck <laughs> Just come out and say I can't read a defense. I, the greatest line, and I hate Wes Rucker, come, he writes a column today, it, and the line from it, we talked about this before we came on, it says, Tennessee can't keep punching its fan base so viciously between the eyes and expect it to get off the mat. More and more people are staying down. Every levy has its breaking point, and apathy is the only thing worse than anger. The ride-or-die hards will never leave, but more and more of the general population is checking out. There was no life in this stadium today. I guess he wrote last night. And again, this was the season opener. And that's how it feels like. I left the stadium after the most embarrassing loss in Tennessee football history and laughed. Yeah, hey, I laughed on the my easy chair at the house, man. People are texting me, giving me crap, you know, because I'm a big Tennessee fan. Oh, what about the Georgia State team? I'm just like, what do you do? Yeah. I mean, what do you do? I mean, and they're, they're right. You know, you, you know, for the last 10 years, Tennessee's been terrible. And fans have been mad about it. They've been angry, like, come on, let's get better. Let's what, get better. And my point on that is, what has the university done to improve that? <clears throat> Nothing. We went through four head coaches. We last The year before last, Bush Jones went 4-8. and eight. They raised ticket prices the next year for a team that went, they went 4-8 and eight the year before. And that's what they did this year, too. And they scanned fans, in my opinion, by giving them a Tennessee... Uh, what was it? It's like a vol pass or something. For two hundred eighty dollars, you could buy a ticket to for one ticket any like in the upper deck all year long. They just want your money. Yeah. And until a fan base stops showing up and giving them the money and saying, "Look, until you get this right, we're done." And I'm one of those fans. Like we're going next week because I already bought the tickets. It's my girlfriend's first time going to England Stadium at night. We were so excited, but now I'm just like, "Hey, let's go and get it out of the way." Hey, at least you got something to look forward to, though. Alcohol, baby. <laughs> like it's, it's like, and I think it was the it's the Mormons praying for the Tennessee fans because they prayed for some way for Tennessee fans to enjoy the football game, and they and God, whichever God they believe in, sent alcohol. So it might be the Jack Daniels God. I don't know, but well, they live in the Rocky. It's the same as Christian God. Okay, well, look, they live in the Rocky Mountains, so Coors Light's getting sold. So that's what it was. They're like, you know, we're gonna bring we're gonna bring an ass whooping and beer, and you're gonna enjoy both of them. (laughs) That's I mean, that's it's just pathetic, man. I've never, I've never sat there in Neyland and felt so lifeless. You know, and and apathy is the right word. Uh, It's and I even mentioned that in my first block class the other day. If anybody's listening from that, you know what apathy is now. So there you go. Yeah, it's me. Just find me on a uh, find me this morning or last night, 
We're recording on Sunday evening here. You would have found me apathetic. Just, yeah, it's oh, just... Here I am. Oh, man. I can't believe it. Well. Oh, man. There goes the alarm. That was five good minutes. I don't know on, if it was good, but it was worth it. On Livingston, or Tennessee, not Livingston Academy, no, on no, Tennessee no, football. I'm, I'm excited for Livingston football. God bless me. While we're while we're on this whole subject, I will I will say that we are giving away two Tennessee football tickets from the Hog Guy Sports Show. And all all jokes and things aside, we've got two tickets to the Tennessee UAB homecoming game. Might be a game they win. So yeah. you you definitely cross want your that. fingers. Hey, cross your fingers because all you got to do is like our page, like our statuses, and we we're going to drop code words. Um, so you know what? We'll drop one now. We blue. So if you're listening to this, I'm, I already did orange and that didn't work out at all. So uh, Livingston Academy podcast, Livingston Academy football, code word for the Tennessee tickets will be blue. Just comment on that on this episode when we post it um, to Facebook, Twitter, whatever you see it. Comment the word blue and we'll enter you into the drawing for two Tennessee tickets. That's going to be a beautiful day in November. I think the Rickman Elementary School is actually going um, for their eighth grade trip. So hmm. if you've got a student at eighth grade at Rickman hmm. and you, you know, Want to go with them? It's a good time to get entered into something. You get them for free. Oh, yeah. So, code word blue on that. All right. So, uh, you know, Vandy played uh, uh, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, that stadium was red. Yeah, home game for Georgia. It's a home game for anybody. Yeah, pretty much. Except for Tennessee now. Uh, But, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, yeah, uh, they got got beat handily. 30 to 6 was the score. Uh, MTSU put up a great fight in the big house yeah. versus the Wolverines. The road, yeah. Scored first. They had a lead in yeah, that game. Yeah. How about that? Way to go, uh, Blue Raiders. But uh, Memphis, Tennessee team, they uh, beat Ole Miss. They beat another SEC bottom dweller, cellar dweller. Uh, so what I, I was going to mention a while ago, is, is Tennessee the Kansas of uh, the SEC now? Does that mean we get less miles in a few <laughs> years too? But uh, So let's talk about a team. From the state of Tennessee, that has the name Tennessee in its name, that pulled out a big victory uh, on the opening weekend of college football. That would be your Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles, my alma mater. A thriller, not just a win, a thriller. Absolutely a thriller. What a game that turned out to be. Now, I just kind of followed along on the internet there, you know, on Twitter or whatever. They was doing some updates, especially when they kind of come back there at the end uh, because they, uh, you know, they they were trailing by two or three touchdowns there in the second half. Did I see that they scored 16 points in 99 seconds? It was it was very – I don't know the exact numbers, but it was uh, – y- yeah, they came back from a 23-point deficit. I thought it was three touchdowns. With 220 left in the contest, Tech was down by 16. Wow. So they end up winning. They scored 16 points in a 99-second so- span to force overtime. Forced overtime. Yeah. Then a then a two point conversion, the second overtime yes. to give them a fifty nine fifty eight victory. That's that's crazy. That? And hey, you let's, know a hog eye connection. Yeah, let's too. let's throw out a couple of shout outs to some former former Livingston Academy football players. Uh, number sixty three for the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles is Cody Cantrell, uh, offensive lineman, a red shirt freshman, and also uh, another red shirt freshman, number seventy one. Uh, Jarrett Key, he's the long snapper for the Golden Eagles. There, so two former former Hog Eye football players, uh, you know, on the uh, Tennessee Tech team, and look to be uh, one and zero. Hey, they, they are one and zero. 
they do have a win compared to any other Tennessee team. Memphis, but I don't know if I count that as Tennessee. That's that's Arkansas East. Yeah. <laughs> they can have them. Or Mississippi North. <laughs> or the first 48. Uh, but hey, at least somebody in that went around actually got a win. So what, what was your just takeaway of the college football weekend? Well, you know, outside of the obvious, uh, Alabama's obviously good. Yes. <laughs> Pretty good beat down Duke. Um, you know, that game was 14-3 to at halftime. Ends up being 42-3. to so they look like they're, you know, dead set on their, on going back to the college football national championship game. Clemson yeah. struggles just a little bit early, but it's one of those things. They end up feeding two to fourteen. Talk about uh, the team we play next week there. Yeah, BYU in the Holy War loses to rival Utah, thirty to twelve. So somehow, some way, Tennessee a three point favorite at Neyland. Uh, everybody in Vegas must have already started drinking alcohol. Somebody's gonna come out of that game zero and two. Tennessee BYU. And you know what? You would, and when you looked at BYU's schedule, you thought it would be them, the deadlock there. You thought that Tennessee would get the win, obviously, but somebody's job's on, on in on the hot seat. I mean, it's hard to think that Coach Pruitt would be in the hot seat on year two. But uh, you know, uh, somebody said that on the internet. I don't see there's there's nothing he could do this year unless it's off the off field, the field. that agree. could keep him from. The, you losing. know, they've got the Bryce Thompson thing right now. And there's the there's a thing going that says that there was a, restra- a restraining order, yes, yeah. for domestic violence when they recruited him. If that comes out that he recruited a kid knowing he had domestic violence past, maybe that's something. And I don't, I don't gives them an I'm out. On a disclaimer here that I don't want him fired. I think that that's just part of the problem up there now. Yeah, is that we already go through too many in this yes. and that, no stability, but whatever. But moving along, Georgia smacks Vanderbilt thirty to six. Ohio State. A little closer than what they probably expected, 45-21 over Coach Lane Kiffin's Florida Atlantic Owls. <laughs> LSU rolls 55-3 to at the aforementioned Michigan Middle Tennessee State game. That's closer than what they probably wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. You know, you said Middle Tennessee State had a lead. Um, that game's 27-14 at halftime. Ends up being 40-21 Michigan. Texas rolls the game of the weekend, I thought, so far. Now we have a game going on right now, but um, Auburn upsetting Oregon uh, with a freshman quarterback on mm. the last play of the game. Yeah. Uh, well, not the last play, but the last few seconds. Uh, Washington smacks Eastern Washington with Jacob Eason, former Georgia quarterback. This score right here is crazy. Penn State defeats Idaho 79-7. to Yeah. 79 points in Division One college football game. Iowa beats Miami of Ohio 38-14. Iowa State 29-26 winners over Northern Iowa. Syracuse gets on track 24-0 over Liberty. Um, Washington State, the Cougars, Coach Leach, 58-7 winners over New Mexico State. Nebraska, 35-21 over South Alabama. Coach Frost, second year there. And rounding out the top 25 on the games played before Sunday evening, Stanford defeating Northwestern 17-7. So I feel like, I mean, you see that outside of the Oregon-Auburn game, everything kind of went as you'd expect it to, to go with the top 25. Um yeah, not a lot. The top, the top two are going to be the top two for a while. Absolutely. Like. Yeah. I mean, Clemson, Alabama, everybody else is playing catch up. You know, anybody can be beat on any given day. We learned that yesterday as Vols fans. But um, it's you know, just uh, Tennessee or Alabama, Clemson, the one, two. And speaking of top two, my Nashville soccer club team watched them play last night. They played in Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay Rowdies, and they, they won. Tampa Bay was was second place. Uh, Nashville was third place coming into this game. 
and Nashville pulled out a two to one victory over the Rowdies, and now Nashville is sitting in uh, second place in the Eastern Conference. How about that? Only trailing the New York Red Bulls two team reserves. Uh, the the only thing I would say about that is that uh, there's a team in fourth place that has played four less games than Nashville has. Oh. And so if they 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 win, they they could overtake Nashville. But Nashville's doing good. Um, looks like they might get some home playoff games. Uh, <clears throat> that'd be you know exciting. Like you say, you know, starting MLS next year, uh, get some buzz going around that. So that was pretty exciting for me, and probably me, the only person list, listening to this would even know anything <laughs> well, about that. On? But uh, I was excited, and of course, another soccer thing. This was a big, a big thing for me today. Uh, this happens twice a year uh, in the Premier League. You know, they play each other twice uh, every, just like they do in uh, the Nashville Soccer Club. They play each team in the Eastern Conference twice, uh, which you know, kind of like basketball. You know, it's not like with the regular. Uh, uh, NFL football where you just play 16 games. Mm-hmm. They play each team in their division twice. Arsenal, my big team, my favorite team, played their hated rivals, Tottenham Hotspur, and it was a 2-2 draw today. Exciting, exciting yeah, game. So that's pretty good for a rivalry game. Got down two goals, come back in the second half and scored two goals to, uh, and had the third one in the back of the net, but it was disallowed for an offside call. So that's very exciting. sports, by the way, the offside of soccer. If you can't keep the man in front of him, he's just quicker than you are. That's no. I shouldn't. I don't think you should penalize anybody for that. Ever. It's a. It's a very controversial uh, rule. You know, there's a lot of talk about it. Uh, and now they've got uh, instant replay to check those goals. Yeah, but the, the dude was offside. But uh, again, I just have to it is a. It is a. A rule that has had a lot of people upset about it. That and the handball. How do you know? penalize somebody for being faster than you are? Well, it's it's that it and was instituted a long time ago, so people wouldn't just hang out down there by the goalkeeper. I kind of get that, but on a, I think on a breakaway there, let it be. If that guy's faster than you are, well, what, I mean, what happens on a breakaway? And again, I don't know a lot about the game, so what happens on a breakaway if that defender just kind of sandbags and lets you get behind him? Well, uh, on you. That, that's kind of the thing, you know. But if you're if you've got possession of the ball, it doesn't matter where you go. But and right. you can you can pass it backwards. You just can't pass it. Forward. But I'm saying if you're the the um, was it was a forward? Yeah, forward okay. wide uh, winger or forward. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna say forward. The forward takes off. The uh, let's say they call the, it the offside trap. Yeah. They're trying to catch you yeah. offside. See, that's, that's I their, just don't get that. I think that's, that's wrong. That's part of the game. Yeah. That's a little gamesmanship, I guess. There that I don't like about that sport at all. So that's my soccer update. Uh, I know Major League Baseball is going on, but eh. Braves are doing pretty good. Braves are doing well. NASCAR is throwing throwing it back tonight on the uh, Darlington paint schemes. Yeah, that was pretty. That's pretty neat to see some of those old cars come back out there. Um, Wish they had some of the old drivers back out there. Me too. Well, I'd love to see them. Um, (laughs) Then you got the NFL's kicking off, what, next week? Next week. I had my fancy football draft. Yeah, I got mine tomorrow night. Um, Playing for some money this year, so I got to actually pay attention. Yeah, yeah. so I, you know, you had to you had to finish out your draft with 15 players, and so I had some one one player left, and I I, I got somebody that's probably not even going to play at all. You know my last my, my last I'm, pick. I'll make you laugh before we end this segment. <clears throat> so we, this year they're doing college football, fantasy football. So same thing. It's it's on Yahoo. Same thing. Same format. Draft players, which in college football is difficult because yeah. The kid at Eastern Washington may play ten games of nobodies, yeah. have, have the biggest season of all time. Sure, but anyway, so my team name is Garantano Bay. <laughs> my last pick, I was the last pick of the draft. 
Jarrett Garantano. <laughs> and I, I said the only reason I picked him is so that somebody would finally bench him. <laughs> uh, I do have one more, one more sport to talk about right now in New York City. The U.S. Tennis Open is going oh, on. yeah. And 15-year-old Coco. sensation Coco Goff lost this weekend to number one overall player uh, Naomi Osaka. And it wasn't close. But she did make it to the third or fourth round to play her. And uh, she did run into a buzzsaw playing Naomi. But she did well in the game of, uh, match before that. Pulled out a big three-set win. I mean, she's 15. 15. Should be in high school. <laughs> she's playing some of the best best players in the world and, and giving, giving them you know, uh, all they can handle and beating a lot of them. So, you know, props to her. She should be something to watch for the next 10 to 15 years. If she could play as long as Serena, when's the last, uh, next sorry, 20 When's years. the last time that there was a, a phenom athlete at 15 as an amateur, probably Tiger? Well, uh, yeah, if you want to just do, do sports, tennis, yeah. yeah, if you want to just do tennis, you could go back and look at uh, uh, a couple of, like, she's the youngest player since Jennifer Capriotti for the Americans to do it. But uh, Martina Hingis, she was winning slams when she was 16. But, yeah, if you're talking about just overall, I would say Tiger when, when he was 16. I mean, he was he was well-known yeah. then. So, But, you know, tennis, they, they they can break through at such an early age in tennis. And nowadays, though, you know, 20 years ago, if you was 30, you was a you was retired yeah, yeah, in yeah. tennis. And now you got Roger Federer, you got 40s, Rafael Nadal, uh, Novak Djokovic. They're the three best players in the world. They're all in their 30s. Uh, you look at Serena Williams, she's 38 now. Um She's the best, not the best player, but she's still winning slams and making it to the finals of slams. So something's happened in tennis. I'm not sure what it is. Better, better conditioning, but they used to be done by 30, and now they're not done until they're 40. Money, making that, more money and exposure off the game. Hey, speaking of that, they had a big thing. I, I really like watching CBS Sunday Morning News, and they have uh, little uh, uh, stories, you know, just uh, all different kinds of stuff. And they had a story about a tennis player who was not Roger Federer, you know, some guy ranked in the mid 100s mm-hmm. and how, how much trouble they have to go through financially. You know, just, yeah, they're constantly on the road and they're not, if they don't win their matches, they're not getting paid anything. I feel like they're like uh, <clears throat> musicians. Like uh, you think of like Garth Brooks and the money he makes and whatever. Right, but then there's. But then you've got, there's a young lady uh, out of Baxter, her dad and I are friends, and her name's Mo Hoffmeyer. Got a really great voice. She plays the bars at Tootsie's and Honky Tonk Central and just put out an EP and everything. And they've had to spend that money. Yeah. Like the, what yeah. she makes playing Tootsie's and everything. And she's a featured person there. It's just like a job. Right. It's, it'd be the same in Major League Baseball yeah. to the minor leagues. Yeah, they ride the know. bus everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's always the ones making millions of dollars. But then in a lot of these uh, sports, there's people that's barely scraping by. So, uh, yeah, that, I would think that's common to many, many sports. So. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think that'll do it for this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. And we'll be back to uh, dive into Livingston Academy sports right after this. Hey, Hogeye fans. Josh and I and the rest of the crew here at the Hogeye Sports Show are excited to be back for another season of outstanding sports commentary with just the right amount of humor mixed with the best hard-hitting pseudo-journalism that fake money can buy. Thanks for listening, and now back to the show. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and in this segment, Josh and I are going to discuss some Livingston Academy sports. Of course, there was a big game against uh, Cookville and football, but uh, there are some other 
sports going on right now. I know wrestling's uh, kind of fired up a little bit, uh, and tennis, not tennis, tennis is in the spring, uh, golf has been, I've been signing some trip tickets for golf players to go uh, leave school a little early and get to their golf match since they ain't got no lights to uh, play at night. <laughs> <laughs> they got to leave, and they got to walk, you know, they got to walk nine holes, so that takes a while. Yeah, it does take a while. So, uh, but I, I don't know any uh, golf results. Uh, don't have any uh, any other results uh, besides the major sports that uh, that we would cover in the newspapers and stuff like that a lot. So, uh, let's talk uh, some volleyball. We we kind of know uh, a few things about volleyball. Livingston County volleyball. They they did play a game versus Cumberland County this week at home. Uh, don't have a result for that game. But then after the Cumberland County game, they traveled. Way, way down to uh, Orlando, Florida. Good thing they went this week and not next week. Yeah, no doubt there. It's going to be wet. If that hurricane doesn't turn the way they think it's going to turn, man. The Florida Gators will be canceling all their games. Golly, that's going to be a bad situation down there. But the the girls did travel down to uh, Orlando, Florida, and they played in a a tournament tournament there. And we have at least one result, maybe two results from that. So uh, they, they, they played a total of three games, I believe. But So they played three, three games while they were in Orlando, and we know the result from two of those games. So looks like all three schools they played were from Florida. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Delray Beach, Northport, and Union County, which is Lake Butler. Games all at KSA. Orlando, so Disney complex there. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, they uh, looks like they played best of three in those. So normally, they would play best of five matches in their district uh, uh, schedule. They only played best of three matches, and they they took it to the third game. And the two results that we have, they they lost uh, uh, by a score of uh, two to one in each game. One versus Union County, and the Imagine School at Northport. Livingston came out on the losing side by a score of one game to two in both of those. And they played another game, uh, American Heritage. We don't have a result from that game. But uh, I'm sure they uh, enjoyed playing some teams that they haven't seen before, getting to do some team building down around the Florida. That She did post a lot of pictures from, from their trip on their Facebook page there. Yeah, they looked like they had a good time. I mean, nonetheless, like you said, a lot of those trips like that, you're going and kind of catching your breath and kind of doing a lot of team building and because at the end of the day guess what those tournaments don't matter doesn't matter if you win it great just like the uh, experience. soccer tournament they had you know uh, it's it just you play, get some experience get some team building together so when uh volleyball takes off after labor day here they will play three games in this coming week they'll play a big district game at upperman on tuesday september the 3rd and then they go and come back home and play at the Baptist Church versus Smith County High School on Wednesday, September the 4th. And then they travel to, nope, uh, Clinton County travels to Livingston on Friday, September the 6th for a home match. So that's their upcoming schedule this week. Got three three matches, uh, two of them at home. Maybe they can... Uh... So let's hope that the uh, uh, volleyball team can get back in their winning ways and and keep that momentum going that they had before they went down to uh to orlando so now let's transition to livingston academy soccer girl soccer uh they played 
Let's see, they played a match versus Upperman this uh, past Tuesday, August the 27th, and they came with a big 3-0 victory yeah. versus Upperman. What's some uh, stats you got there? Caitlin Huntley, Jenna Harris, and Jada Hammock all find the back of the net for the Lady Wildcats. You know, you want to beat Upperman no matter what sport it is, and that, you know, that for them, it's a district uh, 6AA uh, soccer match, so... That's the first one of the year, and you're able to beat them soundly three to nothing. You know, like I said, led by Huntley, Harris, and Hammock. Uh, in in the goalkeeper area, Tori Hines with six saves in the shutout for the Lady Wildcats. So, congratulations to them. Um, yeah, they jump out to one and zero in the district. Um, overall, going into Macon County, they were two and zero. Don't really count the, that Myrtle Beach. Uh, Tournament, you know, again, one of those things. If you go in there and play well and great, and they I think play. in the Myrtle Beach tournament, they they lost two and tied two. Lost two and tied so, two. So, yeah. you know, not a bad showing there. Um, Especially when you're playing some big competition. Absolutely, because they were the only high school team there. rest of them is all travel all, teams. All travel teams. And my premier teams, what they kind of call that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like uh, only high school team there, and you don't, look, you, don't, you, don't, you don't win, but you don't get blown out of the water either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty good there. And then uh, last Thursday – uh, August 29th, they go to Macon County, and Macon County tennis a perennial power in uh, girls' soccer in the state of Tennessee, uh, classification higher than Livingston Academy. Hmm. Um, but Coach Sattler said the game started an hour late, so they're already off to a bad start. Hmm. But they end up tying that game uh, by a score of 3-3. Three to three. Uh, Jenna Harris with two goals, Avery Chaffin with a goal and an assist, Huntley had two assists, and uh, Hines has eight saves uh, in the in the three to three tie at Macon County. You know, I talked to Coach Sadler at the football game Friday night. He talked about just how in ten days or roughly ten days um, they had to end up playing ten or eleven games. Wow! You know, so and you're going eight hours into Eastern Time Zone and then coming back eight hours and playing the next day. You know, they they played Sunday evening late and then came back and uh got back monday evening no practice whatever went and played up and on tuesday and won three nothing pretty big you know so talent talent on that team is uh is pretty pretty good uh officially their overall record is two and oh and one one and oh in district six double a uh playing at rockwood a team that isn't very good Coach Sadler gave them the day off, the the weekend off when they got back. He said, "You know, if we can't beat Rockwood, we're in trouble anyway." So, <laughs> um, you know, that's the only game this week. They play them Tuesday, September the third at Rockwood. They'll come back, or no, they'd rather they'll come the next week, September tenth. They travel to Cumberland County, and then they go on to a tournament. They actually, I think, won last year, mm-hmm. uh, Friday, September thirteenth. They're going to head to. The Rocky Top Sports World, beautiful facility Absolutely. in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, Absolutely. to participate in the Smoky Mountain Cup. Already, the schedule's already out for that. They will play William Blunt on the 13th. They will then follow and play Sevier County on the 14th, Saturday the 14th. And then play Portland. And I'm going to check and see if that's Portland. Yes, it is. Portland, Portland Panthers from Portland, Tennessee. They'll play them. They should just play it here. Yeah. Uh, they'll end up playing them on Saturday the 14th as well. And then, of course, that'll be uh, pool play. Mm-hmm. And then they'll go under bracket play, presumably, on Sunday. There. Yeah. So, uh, 
Big time for soccer, 2-0-1 officially on the year and 1-0 in the District 6 AA. That's that's great. Uh, you know, Sadler, first-year coach. Absolutely, yeah. Coming in there and uh, doing, you know, keeping what they keeping had what last they had year. Alive. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, big Good to him. We might try to get him on as a guest. Yeah, we got to get him we in the next the uh, next little bit. Also, coaches junior wildcats. You know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not having a lot of success, but I mean, Coach Sadler has done a lot in the community of coaching you know, little league teams, soccer teams, high school soccer. Now, mm. um, been doing it a long time in different roles. You know, it, he's a he's a big part of Livingston Academy Athletics and over the county athletics as a whole. Uh, I do want to mention one thing about cross country. Uh, there's a uh, freshman for the uh, cross-country team, Parker Linder. He set a, uh, a big-time, uh, I'm not sure it's a school record, uh, but it was uh, a, a very fast time uh, last Saturday at the Macon County Invitational. He set a time of 17 minutes and 26 seconds, and uh, they said that uh, when, when we get to some more, uh, like the Hog Eye Invitational's coming up, I think it's this weekend, um, that he'll probably set a school record for that race. Wow. And he's he's just a freshman. Imagine when he gets three more years of getting stronger. Uh, Body grows. Yeah, he may he may just blow the school records out of the water and let's hold, hold them for a long time. Let's hope. Pulling for him. So that's, uh, that's a little bit about cross country. Now let's move on to Livingston Academy football. Well, it's a pretty good week, wasn't it? Oh, man. They had a little game versus uh, their 111 rivals, Cookville. The Hog Eye Sports 111 Cup. Yeah, so the, the 111 Cup, uh, this is something we've come up with. Uh, we'll, we'll maybe present that to Livingston this year. Last year it was presented to Cookville. But the 111 Cup uh, is created between Livingston Academy, Cookville, and White County High Schools. So they each play each other over the last two or three years. So... Uh, Last year, Cook will swept the 111 Cup, and this year, of course, if you was anywhere in the city of Livingston last Friday night, surely you heard about this, but Livingston Academy came away with a big-time win over their rivals from Cookville. 28-21 to was the final score. First time Livingston has beaten Cookville since 1994, and... I don't really know. You you said that in your little post game thing. Uh, when was the last time Livingston beat Cookville at Livingston? I have no idea. Yeah, that would be a Sid Carr question or a Craig Cantrell question or hell anybody question that's got the answer. I'd love to hear it. But uh, you know when you, we, we talked about last week being able to run the football and stop them, and you know what we really didn't, and the, but they didn't stop us either. Um, you know, nineteen ninety four is a long time ago, so you really just you don't think about it, but when you look recently at the scores, you you feel like we're in trouble. You know, last year was twenty eight to seven, so it's been twenty one or greater since this rivalry renewed in two thousand and fifteen. So you just wanted to hope to keep it close and have a chance. And man, yeah, you know, if you were an unbiased fan, which in the media and you know up in PA, you're supposed to be unbiased. <laughs> I'm supposed to be unbiased, even though you're an alumni and we love doing this right here. You're supposed to be unbiased, but uh, if you're an unbiased fan. And you came, you came to Livingston Academy Friday night, you watched a heck of a football game. You know, back and forth, really good uh, play calls on both sides. Um, you know, we had turnovers. You never want to have turnovers. We had turnovers. They had turnovers. Big play here, big play there. 
and it was just a fun atmosphere, packed crowd. Oh, what I a mean, crowd! The, the Cookville student section had to stand in the corner. You know, I think they called them the brigade or whatever. Yeah, see, yeah, Cookville they had High to stand in the corner brigade. because there wasn't anywhere to sit in the visitor sideline. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the stadium can can hold the whole, all year long because it would have crippled on Friday. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch I, of people. At I made that house. comment. That's, I was up in the press box. Well, I hope the stadium holds up tonight. <laughs> and all the all it's all that it's then 25 layers of paint that's holding. It, it must be. Yeah, that, uh... But you know what? A, what a night! I mean, to see our team the preseason talk about no excuses um, had a lot of reasons to lay down and kind of take one on the chin, if you want to say that. Um, to cook for on Friday night, but just didn't. I kept fighting. Um, you know, that's the Livingston County football team that we, we expect to see um, with the talent that we have. And, and, again, just what a show. What a show by that group on Friday. So let's uh, let's get into the game a little bit and go, go through some of the big plays quarter by quarter. We're going to start out in the first quarter here of what turned out to be a super, super exciting game. Like you said, if you was just a casual fan there watching the game, you had a heck of a time. You got your money's worth. Absolutely, you definitely yeah, got absolutely. your money's worth. All right, so uh, we're going we're going to listen to the the call from WLIV Livingston, Tennessee. Craig Cantrell and Roger Ely on the call here. We're going to start off in the first quarter. Second down, ten. The ball after the twenty-eight on second down. Three drops to throw. McDonald hits. He throws pass. It's going to be intercepted. This is going to be uh, picked off by the Cavaliers as McDonald was hit just as he threw the football. He had the football padded and went into the air, and the Cavaliers will pick it off, and they have the first big turnover of the ball game, as that is Pontrager, the linebacker, who will make the interception. So uh, that's two games in a row that there's been either almost an interception or an interception to start the game for the Wildcats. That is not the way you want it to uh, to go to start the game. No, no, it's not. I mean, that... The protection broke down there. He's actually trying to throw it out in the flat to Nate Neely there. Um, and he just gets hammered. Yeah, he Ball goes in the air. And at that point, you know, when you're talking about last year's game and, oh, my gosh, here we go. You know, uh, yeah. there's another group that's doing some uh, play-by-play we may hear from later on, the Upcoming Reporter. You know, they kind of was like, ooh, here we go, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, That's how it felt. The game's the game's out of hand already. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, like I said, I, mean, I felt like the offensive defensive line was key, and, and it's you know cliche in football that they control the line of scrimmage, and uh, it felt like oh crap, we just got Will killed. They're going to score here. We're going to come out and with our head hung, and they might get us again, and then we're done. Yeah, the game could be over right here. You're thinking, golly, you know, uh, we got this big crowd here, and we're yep. going to get killed. Yep, get boat raced. But uh, Cookville. They get the ball. They're deep in Livingston Academy territory, and there's a big play right here. Uh, uh, you'll listen to Roger and, and Craig talk about it. That uh, that basically stopped them. So let's let's roll the tape. Owens will take. They'll run the option. They'll pitch it back on a reverse. But Livingston right there to haul that one down. They go on the reverse to P.J. Hillen. So that was a big tackle for loss way in the backfield uh, that put uh, Cookville way behind the sticks, and they actually had to go for it. If you know anything about their first game of the year, uh, they had some kicking woes. 
Um, I think they tried a field goal late in the game to beat Upperman and missed yeah, badly. missed it badly. And they had a kicking woe or two in this game. Yeah. So uh, they decided to go for it on fourth down. And uh, not for the first time tonight, they had a turnover on downs in that game. So big stop for the Livingston Academy defense there. Yeah, maybe a little bit of foreshadowing right there and sign of things to come if you were paying attention. Of course, we really weren't. We, just we didn't know what was going game. on. Uh, we didn't realize that the – Cookville team really is just number six, and that's about, about it. it. Yeah. Especially when number four got – number four was pretty good. Their yeah. running back, he kind of got banged up. He got banged up. And and after that, boy, the... it was – if you didn't know six was going to take the ball and run with it, you wasn't watching yeah, that game. absolutely not. So, uh, Livingston gets the ball there on the turnover on downs, and uh, we – Livingston moved it pretty well. Neely had a big 14-yard run. Uh, Raven Carpenter had a couple of catches in a row. First downs. Um, and then there was a what everybody in the press box, there was a penalty flag thrown, and we all just assumed that it was holding on Livingston. I mean, it's just it was thrown right in the area where I know what you're talking about. It's just, gosh, well, there's everybody there's, on the sideline thought it was holding, except for me. I saw the, <laughs> the head turn, uh, and I knew it was a face mask personal foul. But that was a big, big 15 yard uh, penalty on Cookville face mask call. So then. Uh, this this play that we're fixing to listen to here, uh, this has been pretty big over the last two or three years. So let's roll the tape. McDonald was nearly standing behind him out of the gun. On first down, he's looking, going in that man-to-man coverage for Smith in the end zone. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. I'll give him credit. Thursday is right behind me here. He leans over. He takes my pen on the little piece of tape here in front of me. He wrote 11 in the quarter. And that's exactly what it was. He saw that man-to-man coverage over there. about old Curtis Hayes he's he knows the, he knows what's going on up there he's coached a little football in the, his career played a little football at Livingston Academy as well he he called that play before it even happened a little Lane Kiffin scenario there. well I mean, you know what anytime Livingston sees Wesley Smith one-on-one with any defensive back in the state of Tennessee you know what they're going to throw it they to should him. and I don't blame him Wesley's one of the better athletes we've ever had to play wide receiver you just throw it up and in him and Will have been together so much, so long, that Will trusts him to go up and make the play. And, and we're looking at it right now, sitting over to Cowan News' office. He does go up and over mm-hmm. the defender to make the catch and comes down inbounds. Um, just a beautiful ball, beautiful beautiful catch. And, hey, now, guess what? Livingston's winning the football game after the after just a terrible start. Terrible start, Move yeah. the ball right up the field, come out with confidence, put it in the end zone, 7 and nothing, Livingston Academy. So uh, that was a pass from McDonald to Wesley Smith, covered 13 yards, touchdown Livingston, and we are on the board and leading the Cavaliers 7 to nothing midway through the first quarter. Uh, so Cookwell gets the ball back, and they keep it basically on the ground this entire drive, get a lot of uh, rushing first downs, uh, get it all the way down to the one-yard line, and uh, their tailback, number four, he punches it across the goal line, to uh, give Cookville a touchdown, and they tied up 7-7. Seven to seven. Livingston gets the ball back, and they have one play, and it's a, a fumble, and Cookville recovers at the 33-yard line of Livingston Academy. And that's pretty much the end of the first quarter, so it ended 7-7, seven, 
to seven. Moving on to the second quarter now, and Cookville still has the ball, and they move it on down the field. There is a 10-yard touchdown run by the do-everything quarterback, Owen was his name. It's my son's name. It's easy to remember. Yeah, ain't hard to forget. Uh, he he uh, has a big 10-yard run, and Cookville takes the lead, 14-7 over the Wildcats. So next, uh, next possession, Livingston gets the ball, and McDonald doesn't usually call his own number, but as you're going to hear in this uh, next play, he does call his own number on fourth down. So go ahead. Fourth down, the ball is at the Livingston 38, and they may end up going with that. He doesn't go under center very often. He does this time. He calls his own number, presses it forward, and he carries himself to a first national first down. He gets two. Out to the 41. Right behind his center, Dusty Parrish just went off the left hip of Parrish, or rather of Donnie Phillips, and then off the guard, Dusty Parrish. Phillips leading him at center. Parrish, the guard, gained a big block. They got low. McDonald kept the legs driving. He doesn't run very much, but that was just a close little run. He knew what he needed. He was able to pick up the yardage they needed, and then move the chains again. So, big, big fourth down pickup there. Yeah it, yeah, it was one of those danger time situations, danger zone. Cook will just score as we come out, and we're not looking like we've got anything going. You've got to keep the ball out of their hands at this point. It's fourth, and it was less than a yard. Why not go with your 6'3 quarterback, you know, to stretch out and get eight, eight inches of yard or a, a foot of yardage, you know, a third of a yard to get the, the chains keep moving. You keep it out of their hands, clock ticks down, looking to score and in the half with the tide. Yeah, so um, a name that we haven't mentioned yet uh, on this on this drive, uh, Briar mostly catches a pass. Yeah, Briar had a really good had night. A really big night. Uh, Wesley Smith, again, with a, another another big catch. Neely uh, had some rushes, and Livingston moved the ball well. We had a fourth down and six in Cookville territory, and this time uh, we went for it again. Didn't make it that time. Uh, pressure right up the middle, McDonald. McDonald got sacked, so turnover on downs for Livingston. Cookville gets the next possession. There was only three possessions in the entire second quarter. Yeah, it was it was a quick quarter, very quick quarter. Uh, so uh, Cookville gets the ball. They they complete two third down conversions, a screen pass, and move the ball way down into Livingston Academy territory. Uh, the Cookville uh, quarterback Owen scrambles and passes the ball. Receiver gets all the way down to the two-yard line. Yeah, it looked like he's going to score, and and any other time you would think, oh, there he goes, and um, Cook wouldn't have any timeouts, so we're lucky enough to catch up, pull him down. They have to go up and uh, spike it. Yeah, they spiked it with about three seconds left on the clock, and then special teams, one of General Nalen's maxims, press the kicking game for this is where the breaks are made. Uh and Cookville had some some special teams mishaps in the game versus Upperman in the week before, so they try a field goal as time expires to end the first half. And I'm not sure where he was trying to throw that ball, the long snapper, but, man, he threw it a long way. I think he thought they were kicking a longer field goal than what they actually were. Because <laughs> it zoomed over yeah, everybody's absolutely. head. Golly, I bet they recovered it at about the 30-yard yeah, line. Yeah, it rolled for forever. <laughs> But uh, there was a bad snap. Field goal attempt wasn't even attempted. So we're, we're going to listen to the last play of the second or the first half, second quarter, right here with Roger and Craig. So here we go. They're going to try an 18-yard field goal. 
to try to take a 10-point lead to the locker room. One thing, an 18-yard field goal is a field goal from the one-yard line. Okay? It's 17 yards once you add on the snap back. There's seven yards. That's the hold. Mm-hmm. Ten yards to from the front of the end zone to the back of the end zone. So he literally snapped this from the one-yard line. <laughs> As you heard there, that's how the uh, halftime began with Livingston trailing Cookville by a touchdown. Um, got to hear Cookville's band at halftime, and man, are they good. Pretty good. One of the better bands I've ever seen come into uh, uh, Tom Davis Memorial Stadium and put on a show. Of course, Austin East yeah, had a great Austin band. Austin East was the best. But uh, Cookville, Cookville's got it going on in the band department. So let's move on to the third quarter where... Cookville got the opening kickoff, and they got a big gain due and with uh, Livingston Academy had a personal foul called, uh, moved the ball, but uh, Hollers made a big, big personal, uh, not personal foul, (laughs) Hollers made a big individual effort and uh, broke up a pass to keep keep Cookville from uh, getting a first down. Cookville had to punt the ball. And their punt covered about 28 yards, so not, not too great of a punt. Livingston Academy takes over. And here's the first play that we're going to listen to of the third quarter, and it is a one of the themes of the season, McDonald to Smith. And scrimmaging at their own 17. Neely will be the running back as they've got the pistol formation. Livingston moving right to left as you listen in this third quarter. Man coming in motion. Back to throw, laying it up for Smith. He's out there. He's got 45. Smith Smith to the 45, down to the 40. And the Cavaliers will bring him down beautifully from Paul to Livingston Academy. Wide out, Wesley Smith, a first national first down to the Cavaliers, 49. 44 yards, man-to-man coverage on Wesley Smith out here on the near side. Just one little fake. And then the, the defense back grabbing here about the 35-yard line of Cookville. He grabbed Livingston. He grabbed hold of Smith, almost turned him halfway around. Wesley able to regain his position, able to get to the open spot where the football was thrown on a timing pattern and make a great catch. Finally, through that contact, to make that catch. So uh, I had it wrote down as 45 yards. Uh, Craig did his math in his head there and had it 44 yards. So big pass play. Yeah. From McDonald to Smith. You know, and it's crazy that Craig talks about Wesley getting grabbed and spun around, and it's still on time. Uh, that's, it goes back to growing up together and playing together the whole life. They throw the ball up man-to-man. They know he's going to come down with it, and he does. It is very rare, man-to-man, one-on-one, that Wesley Smith is not going to catch the football. Absolutely. So 44 yards there and off and running. Here we go. Yeah, another uh, pass to uh, Raven Carpenter. And then on the next uh, play, we're going to listen in on the second touchdown of the night from uh, Will McDonald. This time it's to a different wide receiver. Let's listen in. First and 10, Livingston with the ball. They're at the Cavalier 12. 
on first down, McDonald waits for the snap, he will take it, looks, pass, going across the middle, left pass is caught, diving, touchdown, Livingston Academy, that is Aubrey Hollers who will make the catch, and the Wildcats are within a point of tying it up. Well, that's a pretty pattern right there, the first catch of the night for Aubrey Hollers, coming off a hundred yards. Receiving game a week ago, and it's just a post pattern. He just got the inside shoulder and never gave it up. He was between the quarterback and the defensive back, and McDonald, he showed the arm strength for the first half. He showed it again right there. Hollers had some contact at the one-yard line. He dived across the goal line to score the touchdown and give Beatty a chance to tie it up here. So, hey, and, and Beatty did make the uh, extra point try. I think he was perfect on the night, an extra point try. That's big, you know, in high school football. Yeah, you know, we talk about we talked about the skill positions for Livingston Academy. It's all about Wesley Smith and to start with. But you have Nate Lee running the ba- the football hard. I started to say the basketball. I'm not I'm already in Tennessee mode here, just get the basketball season. Um you know, Nate Lee, Nate Lee runs the football hard. Kyler Robinson runs the football hard. Nate Carwell comes in and runs the football hard. Then on the on the other side, we already touched on Briar Mosley has a good night throwing the receiving the football. Raven Carpenter comes in catching the football, making good plays. And guess who Cookwell forgot about? Aubrey Hollers. Aubrey lined up in the slot right there. It comes a little you know a little angle route, kind of arrow route across the middle, and right there he was wide open. In the in the zone that looked like for the couple Cavaliers and that's easy. That guy has a hundred yards receiving last week. Doesn't make a catch till the third quarter, but it's a big one. Big one, yeah. Pulls pulls Livingston Academy even with the Cavaliers there midway through the third quarter. So on the next possession, Cookville gets the ball, and thanks to the stripes, they get a thirty-yard gain. Yeah, that was a. Back to personal fouls on Livingston. It was a personal foul, and then after that, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. I guess somebody said something they shouldn't have. It's it's one of those things on that, and I don't like. I'm not going to touch on officials, but to say this, it happened on the Cookville sideline. There's a complete scrum of probably 12 players total over there between Cookville and Livingston. You see two flags go up automatically, even. If you're on the Cookville side, you think, well, that's one on us and one on them. That's what we thought. Mm-hmm. I'm saying beside mm-hmm. Coach Lamb, he knows it's going to be one on us and one on them. And they come out of that, these kids that are 14 to 18 years old, and the only kids that did anything wrong was Livingston Academy football team, mm. give me a break. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. So 30-yard gain, that kind of helps Cookville's field position, and they eventually uh, punch it in with uh, a 32-yard touchdown run to go up on Livingston 21 to 14 and so then Livingston gets the ball back and uh passing the ball well Carpenter makes a catch Mosley makes a couple of catches uh Neely gets a rushing first down and then here it comes again let's listen in to yet another Livingston Academy touchdown pass second and ten the football is at the 49 yard line They've got trip receivers to the right side right here for Livingston. McDonald back to through. Blitz coming. The out pattern going to be caught. Wesley Smith, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20. Pushed out of bounds. They're going to take steps out back at the 25. at the first national first down for Wesley Smith at the 25-yard line. Well, Millen took a chance that time, and it burned him. He tried to make that interception. He didn't realize the arm strength of Bill McDonald. McDonald able to thread that one through a very small window. Again, that little button hook. He just turns on the sideline, waits, waits for the throw for McDonald. Will, with the strength to get there, then a missed tackle, a missed chance of the interception, and Leslie picks up big yards after the catch. 
the crazy thing is there, you're so used to Wesley Smith catching touchdowns that just makes a big play, and you think it's a touchdown. I didn't read my uh, notes correctly. That was the problem there. <laughs> it's all good. But that's how the quarter comes to a close, basically, is that we've it got is, the football. Yeah. Wesley Smith's put us in great field position off a beautiful pass from Will McDonald, and that's where it ended. Yeah, it is where the third quarter ended, and your score at the end of three quarters is Livingston Academy 14, Cookville 21. So Livingston still has the ball to begin the fourth quarter, and Neely makes a big run down inside the 10-yard line. But I'm, I'll say it. It happened in front of me. I think he's down. He, this is where the fumble happens. It looked like he was down. At the two-yard line. Looks like the ball, his knee comes down, his elbows come down, and as his elbows hit, the ball comes out. They kind of smack it away. Official's right there. It's on the Cookville sideline again. Mm. I'm not going to say anything on officials, so there it is. But it was not a fumble, I didn't think. But it did uh, result in a fumble, and so Cookville takes over deep in their own end. At the two-yard line. And, boy, it looked like a safety to me on the next play. The next play, I come back to officials because I'm standing there literally 10 yards from the play. Um, looking at it, we're Facebook live with Overton County News Facebook. And I thought we got him in the back. I, I thought we met him at the, at the sure, handoff. It sure looked like it to me. I, I mean, in the grand scheme, it's two points. You know, it's I'm, I touched on the fact that you're trailing 21 to 14. You get the two points there. It's 21-16, and then a touchdown could potentially win it if you were able to go ahead and get one on the ensuing drive. But you know that's the kind of the way, thing about high school football: no challenges, no reviews. You just play it. It's a pure innocent game, supposedly. And uh, you know they get they keep the ball at the one yard. They somehow lose three and from the two yard line and start the second down play from the one. So mm-hmm. you tell me. So, uh, Cookville punts the ball away, and again, a punt less than 30 yards. Uh, both of their punts in the game were less than 30 yards. So, Livingston gets decent field position starting on their side of the 50-yard line, or the Cookville side of the 50-yard line, I believe. And uh, let's listen in to the first, uh, first play that I've got to go over here in the fourth quarter. This is the touchdown that I was referring to a while ago. Probably second down. The football is at the 28-yard line of the Cavaliers this time. McDonald back to throw again, lays it up into the end zone, and the pass over there for Smith is touchdown, Livingston Academy. Oh, that was pretty. He couldn't have thrown it any better than he did right there, put it right over the outstretched hands of Wesley Smith. Wesley's over 100 yards. That's 116 on the night for Wesley Smith. And Livingston has a chance to tie here with the extra point, a lot of time remaining, but that's a pretty throw. Man-to-man coverage on the far side is two touchdowns that come on the same side, and that was just a great throw by Will McDonald. And if you haven't seen it yet, somebody that uh, worked for the Overton County News that was there filming the game that night had, was in the perfect position yeah, we, for this play. We just right place, right time. We were on that sideline and thought we'd just as well stay. Um yeah, my videographer, Tasha, and I on that sideline, and we thought, you know what, if we were to get a score, at least we'll get the crowd behind us celebrating a little bit, and uh, we just sat on the goal line and hoped something came our way, and uh, I looked at Tasha as they started to throw the football, or started to run that play, and I said, it's one-on-one right here, we're getting a, we're getting a shot, and so sure enough, falls right in the bucket, and it's a, 
if you haven't seen it on Facebook, you know, just type in Overton County News and you'll see the video. Um, I actually shared it this morning, Sunday morning. Uh, just that, just that throw and catch. It's a beautiful catch, and uh, just lucky to be in the right place, right time. But yeah, you couldn't be in a better position. Right but there. what a ball! I mean, comes back to the kids making a play, and uh, again, how do you cover Wesley Smith? How do you just want to cover him one on one? I guess you're worried about leaving somebody else one on one, but there's no way on God's green earth that I would let him beat me one on one. It wouldn't happen. We would bracket coverage him all the time. And, and if he makes a play then, congratulations. But mm-hmm. it's almost like you're daring Wesley to go up and embarrass you. Hmm. And, it's, and he's doing it. He's doing it. There ain't no doubt about that. So that uh, with a T-80 extra point, Livingston Academy pulls back to a tie with Cookville, 21-21. to 21. So Cookville gets the ball back. And uh, Weston Woody Klaus coming in with a big tackle for loss. Been playing – been a little hurt this week, not feeling too good, but got out there and played, toughed it out, made a big big play there, tackle for loss. I want to say something about that kid real quick. Uh, I've never seen a nose tackle in high school football. His size, that has the impact. That he, he might be 5'3", and he might weigh 125 pounds, and he makes more big plays than anybody his size at any position that I've ever seen. And he plays the nose tackle. Yes, yes. He yeah. is in front Phenomenal. of the center. Phenomenal. Every play and makes plays. I mean, you think maybe if he's a running back, might get or a slot receiver or whatever. He is a nose tackle and makes plays like that. That's crazy. Uh, so another personal foul called on Livingston Academy in this drive yet again. Yeah. Uh, then uh, the Cookville uh, quarterback makes a big fourth and thirteen throw to uh, a Cookville wide receiver. And Cookville drives the ball all the way down the field, and they have a first and goal at the seven-yard line. It's looking like, man, we're getting late in the game. Cookville's, Cookville's within striking distance here. Yeah, I think there was like – We're not going to have a lot of time left. I think left. with the first and goal, there was like 3.30 remaining on the clock. And you think, man, they're going to score here. Surely and they're going to score at, here. At, yeah. at worst, we're going to have – or at, at best, we're going to have about a minute and a half to um, – to try and do something. It's one of those things you almost think, well, they've ran it down our throats, moved the ball in this drive, let them score here, and uh, let's at least play our chances at having some time to move the ball back down and get another score and, and go to overtime. So they they have a first and goal to seven. They run a couple, three plays. They get it all the way down to the one-yard line. It's fourth and goal at the one-yard line. So I, the game is going the way it has all night. Number six, Owen. Has played phenomenal. Absolutely. I want to make that clear. Great football player. Remind me of the kid from Stone last year. Mm. Couldn't couldn't contain him. Fourth and 13, we had him sacked twice. He somehow gets the ball up and up the sideline and gets the first down. Um, there, there was no doubt in my mind how this fourth and goal from the one play was going to be drawn up. During that drive, I kept turning to Sadler in the box with me there and some other guys and going, it's fourth down if – Everybody in the stadium knows who's got the ball and what he's going to do with it, tackling. The, the guy touches the ball every time is the quarterback, number six, Owen, and you think it's going to be just a quarterback power right up the gut. Their line was bigger than us. Definitely. You felt like they had a better One yard chance to get a get. yard. So you felt like that's what was coming. So let's listen in to what does come. Cavaliers have it fourth and goal. They're going to line up. Looks like uh, that Owen is maybe going to come up and go under center. Roger's thoughts so Owen, too. 
Waits for the snap. He will get it. He's going to roll back the throw. Got a man all alone in the end zone with the pass. is incomplete. He tried all the way to the tight end, and he missed him. Oh, goodness. That's a huge play right there. They went to something you never expected. He was wide open. There was nobody out there. So I want to talk about what, what Craig just said there. You would never have expected that. And that's, you know, uh, it's a chess game. You know, it's chess. Football's chess, not checkers. Um, and, and he's right. You would never have expected him to try to throw that ball there. And that dude was wide open. Jimmy Maynard's a Hall of Fame football coach. Jimmy Maynard is a Hall of Famer at Livingston Academy. Jimmy, Jimmy Maynard's going to be a Hall of Famer at Smith County. And Jimmy Maynard's going to be a Hall of Famer at Cookville. How in the world he got talked into not running the ball straight up the gut with Owen, yeah, I have no clue. Whoever, if Whoever's calling offensive plays, whoever is the man you know, or woman. Do you know who it is? Do you want me to tell you who it is? Watson Brown. No wonder Tennessee Tech got rid of him <laughs> because there is no way on God's green earth that you do not run the ball right up the gut with the best player you've got. <laughs> I don't so, care if the kid's standing wide open. He missed him. He missed him. And that's what you get for on fourth and goal from the one not running the football. Mm, I, I don't s- care. I mean, you can. We're armchair, you know. Uh, Absolutely. You know, Monday and morning. Somebody. Or, I mean, I'm sure we're going to college. I'm yeah. sure we'll tick somebody off by saying that, but it's just like it's simple. The it, game's simple. Hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, there's a lot of cliches about that, but yeah, it cost the Seahawks a Super Bowl. It. It was what nobody was expecting. Craig's exactly right. I agree. Nobody was expecting that. The dude was open. Quarterback just missed him. He threw it over his head. And and I agree, but all night we expected Six to make plays, and we couldn't stop him. Why Why take it out of his hands? I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm sure they kicked themselves all the way back to Cookville. Had to, because it's just one of those things. At, I think there was like two minutes and 12 seconds right there, and we we had the ball in the one. So it's 99 yards, I guess. For them, it's they now they're regrouping defensively. Okay, they've got they to drop go 99, 99 yards. yards. There's no way, no way in the world it's going to happen. We're play to overtime now. Basically. We're going to play for overtime. Playing for overtime. And if something happens, you know, maybe they get in field goal range because that's how I felt. Yeah. Maybe we can get in field goal range. If not, uh, yeah, time for T. Bay to shine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Well, he shined. He, he did. ended up getting a shine. Uh, so. Uh, I don't know who to blame as a member of the Hog Eye Sports Show's crew here. You know, we've got a lot of employees, but uh, somebody dropped the ball on recording the uh, WLIV broadcast because what you just heard, um, when that play ended, is when the recording stops. It's got to be Payne Diaz. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it may be her sister, Royal Payne Diaz. Oh, I forgot it, Royal. <laughs> it may have been, because it is. <laughs> so we do not have a recording of the WLIV uh, broadcast of Livingston Academy's next drive, which was one heck of a drive. Yeah. The, he had to go 99 yards. He go 99 yards there, two minutes and change. Um, and it gets started well because Nate Neely runs the football right off the get-go, uh, gains like 11, um, maybe on a pass play, actually. But it's Nate Neely. Then it's Raven Carpenter. Then it's Nate Neely again. Then it's Nate Neely again. And it's it, like it's, it's this – these chunk plays 10 so, yards at a time so what i've got wrote down here smith makes a couple of big big first down receptions neely gets a 15 yard run neely with a 12 yard reception on that i mean there, there were other there were other plays in the drive but those yeah. are the ones that i wrote down yeah. that were they're pretty big uh so that gets livingston all the way down 
to the Cookville 30 yard line. I want to, before we go further, the offensive line on that drive and that whole second half was amazing. Will in the in a game that you that Cookville knew what was going to happen on that last drive, they're going to throw the football. They tried to get to Will and could not. Mm. They could not. Great play designs by the offensive staff, Coach Danny McCoy and Matt and Hauser, that whole offensive staff, but great execution. That offensive line was rolling. You, you couldn't have got to Will McDonald at all. If you, and no matter how hard you tried, you could send 11 at him. I don't think you would have got him. So, um, you know, Craig talked about that, you know, the, the, the Cookville first or fourth and goal from the one-yard line was a play you wouldn't ever expect. So uh, uh, it's, it's Livingston Academy's turn now. What are you going to call – you know, late in the game, you're needing a big play. So, uh, what would you do? Reach down, reach down in the old bag of tricks there. Uh, what kind of what kind of play do you think Livingston Academy is going to come up with here? Something that you wouldn't expect? Well, I guarantee you, they're not going to do something dumb like take it out of the best player's hands. <laughs> so, so we don't have a recording of Roger and Craig. So let's <clears throat> here we go. Here's 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 the radio Hogeye Sports Radio play by play. Of this was the touchdown. Well, you're gonna just hear, it. just enjoy it. Uh, this is Josh Scott with Overton County News Facebook Live, the Hogeye Sports Show. Never, uh, never have I been more proud of a moment to be able to call as an alumni, um, as a fan of Livingston County football and watching these kids. That's So that's a big play, 30-yard pass from uh, McDonald to Smith. Now we do have another recording of that, of of that play. Uh, Upper Cumberland reporter also was at the game, filming it and broadcasting it live on Facebook. Uh, they was hit Livingston Academy last week too, I believe. I believe so. They also did the the Putnam County dart Derby last week between. Upperman and Cookville, but I, I'm not sure they'll be at Livingston every game. I think they like pick yeah, one yeah, game yeah, each yeah. week. But they 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 did uh, record the game, and here is here is a recording of the uh, play-by-play guy from the Upper Cumberland Reporter calling that big play. Down to 30, snap taken by McDonald. He looks to Smith. Wesley Smith makes the catch, spins off. One tackle, he's going to speak. He's going to 15. He's to the 10. He's to the five. No flags. Dig him six. Touchdown, Livingston Academy. So there's a couple of different uh, versions of that play. Basically, Smith gets the ball, uh, jukes a defender, makes a little move there, and then he's off to the races. And uh, like he said, give him six, man, because he, he gets to the end zone. The most crazy thing I think about that is they ran the same play twice in a row. They didn't do anything special, a little stop route to Wesley. Wesley, the first play gets the, the first time, gets about 15 yards, makes a man miss, and I think this time, he instead of turning it to the outside like they expected him to and around the sideline, he made a little shimmy shake towards the outside. They all bit. He turned that son of a gun right back to the inside and took off 32, 30 yards, 32 yards, whatever it was. Um, 30, 30 yards exactly. 30 yards exactly to give Livingston Academy a 27-21 to 21 lead point pending from T. Beatty. Which... It's good. It's good. <laughs> For the brand, T. Beatty has a great night kicking the football. 
and uh, gives Livingston Academy the lead 28 to 21 with 22.1 seconds left. All you got to do here, keep everybody in front of you. Yeah, make a tackle. yeah. We'll prevent defense now. Yep. Uh, don't let don't get burned on the kickoff, which they did a good job. They did kick it deep. They did. Kick it I was deep. I was uh, not thinking that's what they would do, but they so. did. They kicked it deep, and uh, they made the plays they needed to. Kept them in front of. Them. They didn't make a completion, did they? Cook will make nope. a completion. Nope. They might have made one. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. I just wrote down incomplete passes for that drive. So uh, game comes to an end, and Livingston Academy pulls off the upset over the Cookville Cavaliers by a final score of twenty-eight to twenty-one. What a game. Yeah, on the night, Will McDonald becomes the new touchdown career passes. Uh, yardage. Pa- pa- career, uh, career yardage. Well, career yardage. Yeah. It was yardage, not passes, touchdown passes. Career yardage leader over his offensive coordinator, Coach Danny McCoyne. Uh, that's passing, obviously, a Hall of Famer, a legend, and a guy that was up in the Heisman Trophy race a few decades ago. Uh, finishes the night. With 296 passing yards um, on the night, what can you say else about Wesley Smith other than a phenomenal football game? 168 yards and three scores. I mean, in all three scores, he made them look easy. They were hard plays to make, and the kids that athletic that um, just made them look easy. Uh, Nate Neely runs for 72 yards on 13 carries. Um, and, of course, then we have Aubrey Hollers with the other touchdown for – for Livingston to give them their total of 28. Um, so with those four touchdown passes, he was eight behind McCoin going into the game. Now he's just four behind McCoin. Yeah. See, I, on the video, the way, I, the, of course, the crowd's crazy. And you hear me say that he became the new touchdown passes leader. I knew he passed Danny for something. And I thought he was, he was 10 off. He was, he so was 10 I off to begin the, begin the year. I knew he didn't throw 10 in two games. Um, but I thought, well, okay, maybe my math was wrong. Um, but to become the new uh, passing yards, um, just what a career for Will. And it's still not over. Uh, we've, we've said with health, um, you know, he's going to have a really good shot to, to break those records. And uh, we're going to enjoy it, man. That's mm. nights like Friday night. Team you haven't beat since 1994 uh, in front of a big crowd like that. For if you're Livingston, you have to feel pretty good about what you were able to accomplish. You know, at the end of the day, Cookville makes a bonehead mistake to give you that chance there, but you're going to get the football no matter what. Um, if you're Cookville, uh, I had to look the last time they started that one too. Mm. It's been a little while. I, I guarantee you, no. no Jimmy Maynard hasn't been there when they've been 0-2. Mm. And they, they're glaring at 0-3 because they play Riverdale this week. Um, if you're Livingston Academy, you know, it's it gets a little better this yeah, week. Yeah, sure does. You know, because guess who you got coming in Friday night? Friday night's the Hall of Fame ceremonies at Livingston Academy. They don't pick those because it's a tough game. Mm-hmm. You know, they get Cumberland County, a team they've owned. Recent history they've definitely owned. They've, they've owned them. Uh, the last Cumberland County victory over Livingston Academy, September 10th, 2010. The Jets beat the Wildcats 42-21. Since then, 42-7, to 41-20, 25-12, 23-0. Two years ago, 40-7, and last year, 41-3. to 
So the all-time series between Livingston and Cumberland County High School is currently tied. Yeah. 13 wins apiece, two ties. And you have to – This know, is a rubber match. There's a, there's a lot of things that if you're Livingston, you've got to be a little scared of, and that, especially on an emotional level coming in this week because you just had a huge win over Cookwood. You maybe feel a little invincible. I'm sure they're going to get the day off tomorrow for Labor Day. So you're kind of, kind of walking through a little bit getting some, you know, little battle wounds healed up and things. But you still have to come and play that game against Cumberland County. Um, you know, but if you that's your first region game, so that's something kind of maybe if you're Coach Lamb, hey, guys, this is this is where the season starts now. Congratulations last week. This is our first region game. You know, and I think you've got some region scores uh, to talk about. Yeah, it's time now for the Region 3 4A scoreboard report, sponsored by the – uh, law firm of Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe. <laughs> so let's take a look around the Region 3, 4A and see what the uh, other schools besides Livingston Academy were able to do this past weekend. Starting off with the team we'll be playing next week, Cumberland County High School. They played another Livingston Academy foe on the 2019 season, White County High School. And White County came away with a 31-20 to victory over Cumberland County. So they're now 2-0, White yeah. County. Wow. All right. Um, so White County was the winner versus Cumberland County. Cumberland County falls to 0-2 on the season. And then two other teams that Livingston Academy will play this year. DeKalb County is another region opponent. DeKalb County faced Upperman this past Friday night. And Upperman came away with an easy victory, 35 to nothing, over DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. The cab's not doing too good this year. No, they are not. Uh, another another battle between Livingston Academy po- opponents this year. The team Livingston played last week, Westmoreland, played Macon County High School this past Friday night, and Westmoreland came away with a 21-11 to yeah, victory. That's a, that's a shocker right there. That's a shocker, for sure. So... Cumberland County's 0-2, DeKalb County's 0-2, Macon County is 0-2. That's, uh... If you're Livingston Academy, you have to feel pretty good about you do, the way yeah. your region is starting to look. Um, you know, the way you, I guess you feel. Livingston Academy now 2-0 on the season, DeKalb County 0-2, Cumberland County 0-2, Macon yeah. County 0-2. So let's let's talk about now the only other team in Region 3-4A, and that is the Stone Memorial Panthers. They lost the first game of the season to a, a Knoxville team. We don't know nothing about the Knoxville team, how good or bad they are. But then they uh, play Coalfield out of Morgan County uh, from East Tennessee, and they come away with a 26-12 victory over Coalfield. So, Stone Memorial gets a win. That's their first win of the season. Moves their record to 1-1 one and one on the season. So, your current, of course, there has not been a Region 3, 4A game played, but if you were ranking the teams just by overall wins and losses, it would be Livingston Academy first place, Stone Memorial second, and then a tie for last between Cumberland, DeKalb, and Macon County. So, that's your Region 3, 4A scoreboard report. And, of course, that included... Other teams at Livingston will play on the schedule this season, White County, Upperman, and we already played Westmoreland. So there's only two other teams that we have not talked about that are on the 2019 schedule for Livingston Academy, and that is our two biggest, uh, most played opponents for Livingston Academy football, Smith County High School 
and the York Institute Dragons. A little rivalry time in Smith County this week, wasn't it? Yeah, Smith County Derby. The two Smith County high schools got together, and Smith County came away with a 49-20 to victory over Gordonsville. So Smith County got on the on the board again. I think they're 2-0 and on the season now. I believe they beat Macon County uh, last week. And then, man, York. I hate it for them. <laughs> York played in the Big South Fork Classic versus uh, Oneida High School. And York got got blanked 33 to nothing. I hate it for them. They're 1-1 one one on the season now, York is. They beat Jackson County, and now they've lost to Oneida. Well, they beat Jackson County, but not like they should have beat Jackson County. So, uh, trouble maybe a little bit of trouble on the hill. I don't know. Like I said, I, we'll know more about that in October. Come late October, we'll but, be uh, making our trips up to the hill. It'll be either tricks or treats for Livingston Academy at York Institute on October 25th. But, um, you know, you look at that, like I always said, you look at that region, uh, all of a sudden, looking wow. pretty good. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, just... I mean, you hate to look ahead, but yeah, playoffs? Playoffs? We could, have, we could have a home playoff game. You're looking pretty good. You know, you get you take care of Cumberland County, then you, you're going to go to Upperman, then to Stone I, Memorial on 20th. So. I, I think that that's going to be a huge game, the Upperman game. Yeah. I've, you know, you don't want to look ahead. No, you don't. Cumberland of course. County, but, you know, the thriller we just have with Cookville and the thriller they have with Upperman, yeah. Obviously, it's a rivalry game, and that adds to it. But you're just kind of excited about that because Upperman's got a good football team. Give them their credit. Yeah. Uh, Second-year coach in there. Went 10-0 last year in the regular season. Made it to the semifinals of the state playoffs. And, uh, you know, you're, you love those kind of games. I mean, it doesn't matter. You want to win them, obviously, and you plan to win them, obviously, and they're planning to win, obviously, as well. But it's like, hey, I can't wait. The only bad part about that game is it's in Baxter. Yeah, that is the only bad part. I mean, we've got a, we've probably got a lot of fans in there too. We just don't know about it yet. I hope they bring it. You know, one one time we're gonna get off subject. One time, just for a minute, they I had a coach T screen name, still haven't. I don't use it anymore, but they made me a sign for the <laughs> basketball game at Upman in the region three or four double A tournament. It wasn't a nice sign either, but. They made me a sign, and it made me feel great. And maybe we'll get a, hey, mate, you know what we should do? We should buy a sign just to, like to sponsor their field, just to hang up ourselves. And, uh, you know, the Hawkeye Sports Show. So, Luke Zuckerman <laughs> on getting blasted by Alcoa last year. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. They would hate us then. Yeah, we, we still haven't delivered their uh, trophy case that's half the size of ours. Yeah, that is right. We need to get, I, I just bought a new truck. I bet we could, since it's half the size, because mine's just a mid-sized truck, we could probably fit in the bed of that and take it with us. <laughs> so uh, that is a look around the Livingston Academy uh, schedule, upcoming teams and opponents that will be playing and their current records. What do you think about Cumberland County? Just, you know, we're closing this segment out. We talked a lot about Cookville, but, you know, Cumberland County, a team, obviously region, uh, last year, blast. I mean, is that kind of what you're thinking should happen this week? Is I don't know. It, unless White County has vastly improved from last year. You know, they scored 20 points against White County, but that's not. Yeah. I, I mean, you, you never know. Teams can make big leaps from one year to the next. That's that, how, would be, that would be a heck of a leap. That's how I feel. I, 
You know, that, that score I look at, I'm like, oh, 31-20, and, and White County's 2-0. and White County beat Cannon County, who I think is one of the worst teams in the state. You know, they beat them pretty soundly last week. And I'm also thinking, I guess, Cumberland County, the worst 4A teams in the state. Um, yeah, maybe outside of DeKalb County, they, they may have been in a battle for that in a few weeks. But it's just like, um, you know, how good are they? And I think you're going to find out Friday how not only how good Cumberland County is, but how good White County is. Uh, when Livingston County plays them later in the season, going to give you a good measure of stick there. So what I do know is that if the same Livingston Academy team plays for this Friday night, that played last Friday night, I like our chances in every football game. Sure, sure, no doubt. Uh, so that has been our deep dive into uh, Livingston Academy sports for this past week. And I think that will wrap up this segment, and we'll be back to uh, wrap up this episode right after this. Hey, Hogeye fans. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please note that all inaccurate statements, poor grammar usages, and boneheaded opinions are completely intentional and are accurate reflections of the hosts. And now back to the show. Well... Possum on a gum bush. It's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. Before we end today's show, we want to have a little shout out to a fellow podcast producer, director, star, whatever you want to call him, Jackson White, and his podcast. He was our uh, season one uh, finale episode special guest. If you yeah. haven't listened to that episode, go back and listen. Running a uh, pretty good podcast called The Extra Point. Just had Livingston Academy football legend, only state championship quarterback they've ever had, uh, Wilson Cates on. Really good, really good interview with Wilson. If you haven't uh, heard it, go check that out anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Anywhere fine podcasts are downloadable. I know they're fine because we're on there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, a great, great podcast with, with Wilson, if you're wondering what Wilson's doing now. And he talks about uh, that Livingston Academy uh, Cinderella season in 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that he's about to have a really, 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 really special guest on his show because I'm going. Mm. So, now, uh, you know, he's had some good ones, too. He's had, had some big Lane names. Giffen, big names, yeah. Had Coach Lane Kiffin and uh, Coach Doug Matthews, uh, Wilson Cates. I think I'm just worse going to go shoot the crap. I mean, that's about it because they, I've never done anything like those guys have done. So, um, yeah, shout out to Jackson uh, for doing a good job over there. He mentioned us, and, and we're going to try and do some stuff with him again as well. Yeah, again, it's called The Extra Point is the name of his podcast. You can search for it on any any place you download your podcast. It should be available. So, uh, moving on, um, if you have uh, anything that you would like to get in touch with the host's about you can send your questions, comments, rants, or recipes to hogeyesports at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at hogeyesports. On Facebook, it is facebook.com forward slash show. And you can send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app, and we would love to include some of y'all stuff in future episodes. And so today's Hogeye Sports Show sponsor has been a new place opened up just recently here in Livingston, mm-hmm. Mustard's Last Stand Hot Dog Emporium. That's what I'm talking about. We needed a hot dog shack anyway. <laughs> and uh, let's uh, let's spotlight another employee. So far, we've spotlighted our weatherman, Luke, out a window. 
our TWSWA rules liaison, Sasha Payne Diaz. I do want to say thanks to her work for getting um, the, the Livingston Academy kid eligible this week. They had a boy that just got eligible this week, and he played in the game Friday night. Uh, so thank, thanks to her her uh, her work on that. She ain't a pain in the ass no more. Well, yes, she is. Yeah, she's <laughs> royally, I'll tell you that. She cut her audio this week. <laughs> uh, our accounts payable administrator is I mail the checks. Our biblical scholar is Vera Lee Isay. Our British doorman is Isaiah Old Chap. Our book critic is Odessa Page Turner. The head of the Hog Eye History Department, since we had Sid Carr on last week, he was our spotlight employee. The head of the Hog Eye History Department is Ira Call. And so today's uh, employee spotlight is our script writer. You know, all this funny stuff. This just doesn't come up. Yeah, we don't just make this they up. We don't just make this up. So our script writer, his name is Philip Airtime. So thanks to Philip Airtime for writing our scripts. And so for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and we will see you on the next episode. So long, friends and neighbors.